But God is like, I want you to know, like when you think about the enormity of God, like how big he is, uh, look outside, right? I mean, at, at not just the world, but just at, at creation, all of the stars and moon and different planets and just the enormity. And it kind of makes you feel a little small, like, like really small in the vastness of everything that you see around you. If you've ever spent any time in the mountains in Colorado, you stand there and you just think, wow, I feel so insignificant. But the really cool part of all that is, is that God created all of that for you. That's, that's why it's here. Like, he created it for you. Like that star, that's for you, Bill. That one, that one's for you. And, and that, war, that, that moon, that one's for me. Huh? It sustains our life. He literally put things in such an order that it's not only vast and huge, but he put it all together just because he loves us that much. And he created this perfect environment in, under which we operate. Amen? Think about this. When he created the earth, the first thing he did was take and create land. He was really smart that he didn't create us first because we'd have had to tread water for about three days. <laughs> Amen? And then, and then he said he created the trees and the birds and the animals. It's really a good thing that he created them first because otherwise we'd be like dodging them. Like, right? Tree pops up here. And, oh, oh, better get out of the way of that one. Amen? Once he had created everything, then he created us in his very image. And he created everything that would sustain us before he created us. And when he created us, he said, then it is good. After his own image, just truly male and female, after his own image. That's so cool. Isn't it awesome to think that that's how big the world is and it's all because of you? Oh, do you know that nothing has been created since then? So literally everything that you need, you already have. It's already been done. Everything has been done. The world would get us to think that we haven't got it yet. And if we go after more of this and more of this and more of this, then we'll finally have it. And every time I've done that, once I got it, it didn't do what it was supposed to do. Physical healing took place 2,000 years ago on the cross. Jeff, we just pray for your need. I believe it's healed in Jesus' name. It's just healed in Jesus' name. He was healed 2,000 years ago, and, the, and he's made a way for it today. He's made a way for it today through the power of the risen Lord on the cross, death on the cross, resurrection on the cross. I just stand in it. Whether the pain is there or not yet, I don't know, but it's not going to be there. I believe him more than I believe that pain. Amen? Amen? Okay, so Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So, there's not another religion or any other person who ever has claimed to be the truth. They say they speak of truth, but they don't claim to be truth. 
So either Jesus is telling the truth or he's a stark raving liar. Well, he proves out the first one, provided that you recognize that in that truth he is the way and he is the life. And no one can come to the way and the truth and the life except through him. Amen? It says, if you had really known me, you'd know who my father is. And we're going into, the title of this message is Power and Authority. You have, many of us in this room have literally no idea how much power and authority you are walking in even right now. And your circumstances are dictating your life more than the power and authority that has been given you through the Holy Spirit in your life. You're allowing, you're saying, hey, God, would you come and fix this mountain for me? Would you come and make this thing better for me? Lord, would you, would you just come? He's already there. He's already there. He's already made a provision for it. Rather than saying, God, would you come and would you help me to move this mountain or would you move this mountain, why don't you speak to the mountain about the size of your God? Hey, hear me? Why don't you speak to the mountain about the, what's already been done by the power of the risen Lord in you? It's really quiet in this full gospel church. Because I can feel him right here. Check it out. It says, if you had really known me, you would have known who my father is. From now on, you do know him and, you, and have seen him. Philip replied, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, I've been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Now, this is Jesus speaking right now. He's saying, everything that I'm saying to you, I'm receiving from the Father who is in, in me. And if you know me, you know him, because everything that I am is about him being him through me. Let's keep going. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the works you have seen me do. Now, obviously, Jesus went around doing some stuff, huh? What kind of stuff did Jesus do? What else? Healing, casting out of demons, multiplying, raise the dead, Teach, teaches, walked on water, eyes could see, ears could hear. He spoke the truth. Amen? So he says, Every, at least believe the things that you've seen me do. Feeding of 5,000, miracles that he had done, the many miracles that he had done. Amen? At least believe because of the work you've seen me do. Now he says, I tell you the truth. So here you have the truth telling you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Yes, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. In his name means that it, 
it comes from his identity. It comes from his truth. It lines up with his will. It shows you the direction he's wanting you to go. And you ask for anything and it will be done because it's already been done. It's already been done. You're just putting into action that which is the promise that he made some 2,000 years ago when he took all of that stuff off of you. So the power that you're operating in is the work that was finished on the cross some 2,000 years ago. Are we understanding each other? So literally the power that is in Christ. Now let's keep going. This is where it gets really fun. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. It's a capital A, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. He. It's not a nit. He is a he. He's the third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit who was hearing from God, speaking through Jesus in everything that he had done. Are we following each other? Him in me, I in him, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's keep going. The world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now, speaking of himself, amen, he's talking about himself, and later will be in you. Let's keep going. No, I won't abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see you, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. <laughs> come on. That's got to preach you powerful right there. I mean, the the. Risen Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit, the one who raised Christ from the dead, lives in you. Somebody's missing it. Somebody's getting it. But the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in you. And he so wants to do greater works. But we have, we got this like, we got this box on God. We see him, yeah, he can do that and he can do that, but he expects me to do this and he probably wouldn't do that. He's like, you have no idea what he wants to do in and through your life because you haven't yielded yourself to the idea that he can. You put him in a box. That was so awesome as uh, Kyle was uh, praying for us that we have him in this box. Man, I want to get to know God more and more and more. And guess what? E even when you think you've gotten to know God, there's so much more. <laughs> but we get into this little cocoon and we think, oh, okay, now my life is okay. I'm content. Oh, man. I hope something comes and burns your hide. I hope your ground starts shaking. I hope something happens that you begin to have to rely more on God because there's so much more. I do believe that many of the challenges and trials that come up against us, that's exactly what the Lord uses for us to get fired up again about seeing what God can literally do in this circumstance or in this circumstance. Would you agree? Yes. Show me your glory, God. Show me your glory, God. Man, I want this church to hunger and thirst for a bigger God. Not, not a bigger God reality, but bigger God in our mind. Let us speak to that mountain and say, be moved in Jesus' name and know that that's the same voice 
that raised Christ from the dead. That's the same voice. Oh, does he want you healed? Oh, I'm not sure. Maybe he wants to use it. No! He did not bring sickness and disease into the world. He died with it on the cross, and he wants you healed. Get over it. He wants you healed. Even if you don't want to be healed, he wants you healed. Praise be to God. Anything, he says. You're in me, and I'm in you. And he's in the Father, and the Father's in him. Man, that's some power and authority. We're, we're king's kids. We're adopted. He said we, he wouldn't leave us orphans. He literally adopted us as his own. He calls us the apple of his eye. Yeah, he's got, like, he's got your picture on his fridge, Kayla. Yeah. It's like, that's the love of Christ. This is so cool. Matthew 3.11. I baptized with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. This is John. But someone is coming who is greater than I am. Who's he talking about? Jesus. Jesus, okay. So much greater than I, I'm not worthy to even be his slave or carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, come on now. This is, this is the fire. This is the power that rose Christ from the dead. John is prophesying over that. And he's saying when Christ is raised from the dead, his Holy Spirit, you're going to be baptized into his Holy Spirit, submerged. It means just literally enveloped by or buried by or buried in the Holy Spirit. He says after he dies in a sense, he's going to send his advocate and he's going to come with fire. He's going to submerge you and he's going to bury you in the power that rose Christ from the dead. So you're walking in the same power and authority that rose Christ from the dead. Man, that's, that should preach you happy here this morning. Man, that's good, huh? He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So here, this happened in Acts 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers... We're meeting together in one place, like right here. All the believers. There's a few that missed it this morning, but we're all here, right? And suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. There would look like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. I know that that happened so it was able to fulfill the prophecy that John said that Jesus would come and baptize with fire because people had heard him say that. So that was more evidence when there was a, the 120 in the room when this happened, the, the tongues of fire that were coming up. That must be what they were talking about. And Jesus even said, wait in the upper room and tarry there until my spirit comes upon you with power. So that, my goodness. Now, these were all believers. Amen? Amen? These are all believers. These are all people that believed in God. Yeah? They believed in Jesus. Amen? They saw the things that he had done, and they're like, okay, we know we're good, but where's this Holy Spirit? Amen? What, what's it going to be like? And then suddenly, do you think they were looking for the Holy Spirit? Come on. They were longing. They were literally praying for him to come praying for him to fill them. And so what did he do? Suddenly, he did. So what happened? Romans 8, 11 says, the Spirit of God 
who raised Christ from the dead took up residence in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ, from the, Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Matthew 21, 21, then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do, much, you can do things like this and much, much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything if you have faith and you will receive it. This faith thing is so real. You can't say to a mountain be moved that you can't see in your mind the mountain moving. You can't see your, you can't, you can't receive healing unless you see yourself healed. You can't see, you can't experience a life of righteousness unless you see yourself as righteous. Come on. It's, it's all about what you can imagine through the mind of Christ. If I can only imagine what he imagines, imagined when he created me. See, he had plans for me. I did all kinds of stupid stuff. But he recalculates my GPS all the time. And he's gotten me to a place now where I can see more clearly and I have faith much greater than I, I see things much. Man, this building is paid off. Amen? It's paid off. It's, it's zero. I see it. It's done. How it's going to happen, I have no idea, but I see paid in full. I saw the stamp paid in full over a year ago. And we went from 370 some thousand dollars down to $70,000. Man, the bank was amazed. I'm going there every day telling them we need a lower loan, a lower loan, a lower loan. He was almost not even answering our calls anymore because he wanted a more loan. I'm believing it's zero at the end, by the end of the year, like zero. We won't have it. I've already seen the building that's going to be out here. It's massive, man. It's cool. so cool. It's crazy. We're going to be able to see out in those trees and in the woods and the deer running around. We're going to see the magnitude of that. We're going to see classrooms and, and a youth center and a kitchen, a real kitchen, and an area where we can do fellowship hall stuff and all that. I see it. It's done. I have no idea how he's going to do it. I have no idea. And it's not about the building. It's about the vision. He's given me the vision. He gave me a vision for this church many years ago. I couldn't even believe what he was saying. I'm going to say it. God's just good. See, I was at LifeRight for a long time. I was at LifeRight for about seven years where I was the director of ministry there. And I got to minister into men's lives that were coming out of life issues. Tough stuff. And we were doing church there on Wednesday nights. And there was a lot of people attending. There was quite a few people from the community that were coming. And it was really neat to see what was going on. I'm like, this is, I knew I was supposed to start a church. And I was even doing it down in Wilmer. That's where I got a chance to know that John and Chirsty and some other folks, you know, that were going to the life right down there. I was doing church down there once a week. And that was growing. It was like, go God. Praise the Lord, huh? And so all of a sudden he goes, Jay, it's time to leave life, right, and start a church. 
I'm like, I thought that's what I was doing. <laughs> Here's what he said. He said, Life Right's not a church. Life Right is an orphanage. And those people that are in that place need to be adopted out of that. There is no asterisk on your name. There is no asterisk on your name that says that you're this or you're this. I'm an addict. I'm a this. None of that. The asterisk is gone. You are a precious chosen child of the king. And praise God for life right. But your identity is not in recovery. It's recovered. It recovered 2,000 years ago. So by starting this church, and look what we've got coming here. Come on now. We've got men and women that have come out of places like Life Right, and you're coming to a place where you feel like you belong. Not because of what you did wrong, because of everything that God is doing right in your life today. Amen? That's God. So grateful. So grateful. So Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Faith is, what is the picture God has given you? If you don't have a picture, ask for one. Come on. And remember how big God is? I want your picture to be God-like. If it doesn't scare you a little, it's probably your thought. Amen? Because you're going to keep them in a pretty contained box. Like, well, I could see this happening. But he wants to just blow the top off of that. And he's going to give you visions about things and purpose in your life, about opportunities and places and people. He'll just give you these things, man. I want my faith to get bigger. Not my situations to captivate my faith. I want my faith to get huge. Why? Because that's how big God is. And then I'm just getting started. That's what God says. Then I'm just getting started. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. Hmm. I can't see my daughter. Three weeks ago, they told her that at the end of service, she's at this kingdom youth deal, and they're supposed to pray for people for healing. And she's like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know if I have that gift. All kinds of wrestling going on in her mind. Well, what am I going to do? You know, people come forward. How do I, what do I say? And so sure enough, a couple of people came, and then somebody came up to her with uh, hearing aids in. And she laid hands on this person for that she would be able to hear. She hadn't been able to hear. She was two years old when she lost her hearing, and she was 17 years of age, and she immediately had her hearing restored. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's standing in front of her. Her sister is there with her. And she's like, I have my hearing aids out, and I can hear you. And she says, oh, cover your lips so she can't read your lips. And sure enough, she could hear her. She said, back up further. They backed up further. Pretty soon, she was on the other end of the room talking to one another, having not had her hearing aids. She still talked with a speech impediment from her hearing loss. But God restored her hearing. They're still posting things like she's heard the dishwasher for the first time in her life. Amen? I mean, it's like, what? But, but Miranda believed it could happen. She just had a vision that this girl, she says, I got so loud when I was praying. She says, it was kind of freaky because I was screaming and nobody else was talking. I don't know what that was about. I said, I sense it was just your faith. Your faith was screaming out to God, saying on to that mountain, I want hearing loss 
to hear how powerful my God is. Hmm. Eric, God has you. I speak healing over your life in Jesus' name. The reports are that he's suffering and cancer is supposed to take his life. Come up here. Come up here. I can get a couple of other men to come up here and we're going to lay hands on you. I just, I just believe my God. I believe my God that this report is God's report. Amen? So we just lift up Eric to you, God, and we just say, by your stripes, he is healed. I speak and I curse cancer in the name of Jesus. And I cut you off. I cut the assignment off of this life in Jesus' name. I speak wholeness and health and healing into his life, God, that he would be fully restored 100%. Not one lick of cancer in this body in Jesus' name. You must flee. It's been purchased by the precious blood of the Lamb. And God, we will give you all praise, honor, and glory. And we speak to that cancer. Be removed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Amen. And Eric, I want you to see yourself healed, brother. I want you to see it. I want to see it. You see it? You see it? Amen. He's going to see it. He's going to see it, and God's going to reveal it. Amen. We're going to walk through this with him. We're not going to doubt. If you got a doubt in your mind, erase the doubt and replace it with the truth. Amen. Go God. Let's say go God. Amen. God is so much bigger than cancer. It was done before he was ever born. He was taken care of in Jesus' name. Oh, healing, huh, Tom? Zero. Tom was healed in Jesus' name. Healed cancer, gone in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo. If there is a situation in your life or in the life of a loved one that you think is too big for God, you need to change your perspective of who God is. That's straight up. And begin to speak and start praying in the truth surrounding that situation or that circumstance. And watch God. You say to that mountain in Jesus' name, be moved. And you're going to watch it move. No matter what anyone else says, no matter what anyone else thinks, when you stand up and you say, this is what my daddy says about this, and I'm not listening to the lies, you can say to that circumstance, move in Jesus' name, and it'll move. But it comes from your seeing what God wants you to see about it. Oh, man. By faith. Hmm. This is so cool. This is, we, just, we just operated in Acts 3 right here. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in a 3 o'clock prayer service. They approached the temple. A man lame from birth was carry, being carried in. Each day he was put, a, he would put beside the temple gate, the one they called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I will give you what I have. I will give you what I have. And what did Peter have? The power of the Holy Spirit that rose Christ from the dead living in him. And he said, what I have, I can give you. Amen? 
So here this, blind, or this lame person, he says, I'll give you whatever I have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. The man, the, then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As soon as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He said, get up and walk. He, notice, he didn't even pray here. Now, grasp this. He says, I'm just going to give you what I got. He didn't say, God, will you please come and will you please move in this lame man's life? Will you please make, he says, be healed in Jesus' name. Eric, be healed in Jesus' name. Because God has already done it some 2,000 years ago. We just stand on it with the faith of our imagination saying it is gone. When every cancer cell in you has to rebel, has to die because of the power of the risen Lord that resides within you. Hallelujah. 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 So then he jumped up, right? Stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God. Uh, Tom, I got a call from Tom in his last zero report coming back from Mayo. And I was dancing and leaping and praising God in that moment. Zero. It's the only time I wanted Tom to be a zero. But he was a zero. Oh. Can I just add? I mean, if you think about this, you guys, not only did he get up and walk, you got to think about, he was like this from birth. That means he has no muscles. He, I mean, there was no muscle mass. There was nothing in this man's legs that would allow him to get up and walk. He didn't just heal him and got up and walk. He put everything together and fulfilled it to be able to make it happen yes. so he could do it. By God's design. Yes, amen. You don't have to be lame in your healing. He'll, he'll give you better than what you had. Man, it's so cool. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized that it was the same lame beggar that they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon Colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw this opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is, so what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Through faith, in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. The, Peter had no doubt. Peter saw him walking before he said, get up and walk. If Peter didn't see him getting up and walk or wonder, I wonder if it'll work. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, man, I got about a 50-50 shot on this. <laughs> you know, uh, do I dare? You know, uh, let me give it a try, right? The power of the risen Lord and the authority that he gives us to say unto that mountain, be moved in Jesus' name. It's not by our might, it's not by our power, it's by his spirit, says the Lord. And that very, all of us have it, all of us have it. If you don't know Christ, he says before, you don't know what I'm talking about because you don't have the spirit in you. Now, I will say, this is pretty cool, I got enough time for this. 
So I started following Christ in about the eighth grade, and it lasted about four months because I didn't know God. I, didn't know, I knew about him, but I didn't know him. Then I started falling back in love with the Lord in my mid-20s, started to learn about church and religiosity and denominationalism, and I ended up going into multiple different denominations, and it just confused the snot out of me. I didn't know what I was supposed to believe anymore because they all had such varying opinions on things. So uh, I used it as an opportunity or an excuse to just run from God. So I spent the next 20-some years running from God. No, more than that. But suffice to say, it was a long time. When I came to a place where I surrendered my life to Christ, I was on God's rock, and I, I, I heard his voice. I physically felt him pick me up and tell me that I was loved and everything was going to be okay. That was 14 years ago, and, and he's been faithful to everything that he had said at that moment, like I became a new creation. But I often ask God, you know, how come it worked for me? And how come it worked for me? And I've watched so many others go around the mountain and around the mountain and around the mountain and around the mountain. They come back, they try again, and then they go. Then they come back and try again, and then they fall. Come back, try again, and they fall. With that same, same cycle. And he said, it's because you have been operating for the last 14 years in the power of the Holy Spirit and having faith to see what I see in you. To have faith to see what I see in you. Not what mom and dad see in me. Not what my former wife or anyone else saw in me. What relationships, but what, who he saw in me. And I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in an in a Assembly of God church in the late 80s. And I received my prayer language when I, when I did that at that point in time. But I never told anyone anything about it for most of my life. Even after I had come under the, uh, back to the Lord in, in 14 years ago. Uh, but all of the scripture that I had memorized previously, as well as my prayer language that I had that 30 years ago, came back into my mind like this. Like it was like, it was like right now. All of those scriptures became, became really relevant now to my life as opposed to just something I memorized. All of a sudden, I, you know, I went from knowing about God to knowing God. I began to recognize that there's nothing worth, nothing of value more than learning to know Christ. And while I was in that treatment facility for those 163 days, I was able to focus just on the love of Christ during that time. And since that time, he has shared with me that the power of the Holy Spirit is at the disposal of every believer, but the believer has to desire it. Let me put it like this. It's like you, when you were saved and born again in the name of Jesus, you were given the promised Holy Spirit. You were given a shotgun and all the ammunition that you need to be, have an overcomer in life. Everything that you would ever need. But when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, what he did was he loaded my gun. Come on now. It's no longer just a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's no longer when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. It's like I'm operating today in the same power that rose Christ from the dead. 
I'm operating in it. I'm able to see things. I'm able to pray for things. I'm able to speak even in my prayer language and hear things from the Lord and see visions of things. My faith is boosted throughout that process. So I've been hungry and thirsty for more ammunition. The more I've been walking in the Lord, the more of the Lord I want. Now, I don't, I have all that I need, but it's my capacity to receive. Are you with me, guys? And I don't want to heap any spiritual abuse on anybody where you're at in relationship to that, but I want you to hunger and thirst for more of who God is and how big God is in your life. Amen? And if you were just to say, now, it happened on Pentecost and throughout the book of Acts, there are a number of different occasions where the Holy Spirit fell on people. Some had just been saved. Some had been saved for a while. Some had it happen at the same time. I don't care when or how it happens. I would ask for you each to want to be submerged in that power and to begin to live and move and breathe from that place. And as you hunger and thirst for more of that, he will make himself more real to you. It won't be some weird, wacky thing. It'll be about God sharing love through you onto someone else's life, and he will never embarrass you, nor ever embarrass anyone else. He just loves you, but he wants you to be able to go through this life fully armed and dangerous, to be able to overcome every obstacle, to say unto that mountain, be moved in Jesus' name. And sometimes the answer to some of my questions literally become answers while I'm praying in my prayer language. I don't know why. It's because the Bible says it will. That's all. So if it says it, I've just been silly enough to believe it, and he's raised and boosted my faith throughout the years. So if you hunger and thirst for the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit to load your shotgun, it's nothing more than asking him to do that for you. It's not, a, it's not a magical thing. It's a spiritual thing. He's already in you. You're just giving him authorization to rule and reign in your life in that way.